the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together today. Again, as always, don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. And today in What You Need to Know, well, we'll talk a little bit about California closing again. As uh, we were just talking off the air, uh, uh, Randy and I, our technical director, Randy, was saying, I didn't remember noticing that California was open. So they're saying they're closing it again. Well, we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, and I want to tell you this, what you need to know today, and I will summarize and then we'll go into it a little deeper. The media... What you need to know is the media is flailing and failing, flailing and failing. That's the word. That's the phrase for the day. Words today, flailing and failing. The media is flailing and failing. We'll talk about that. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, though, to sign up and get your daily email on this subject every morning, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. And in between, you know, you can do the math here. You got it there. So uh, you need to get that. You need to get the wink. But right now, let's talk about the wink. And today, I'll give you the tease again, because at the end of the show, and always on uh, ProAmericaReport.com, you can get the... Um, the window, the wink, what you need to know, and the, win- and the window, what you need to do. We'll talk about what you need to do at the end of this. All right. So let me just make a quick comment. I, I have to say, I, I, watching the different states handle this, and you know, I lived for 25 years in Missouri. I consider St. Louis my hometown. I have lived out near the swamp, not in the swamp, uh, not of the swamp for sure, but near the swamp here. And of course, I spent a lot of time on the West Coast. My wife is from the LA area, uh, and we go down to San Diego. We follow it. I was, uh, I am not surprised to see that Gavin Newsom has made a mess of it. He's made a mess of nearly everything that he's touched as governor. The one thing that he always had in his favor was that California's such a strong economy. They've got so many great businesses and entrepreneurs and all, and it's such a beautiful place to live in so many places, so many areas of California, that you weren't going to get rid of everyone. A lot of people wanted to stay. If you could get out and go to a beautiful beach that looked like uh, parts of uh, San Diego or Northern California or even LA area, you'd go somewhere there, but there's nothing like it. So I always thought, well, they're insulated by the economy, but now they're not insulated by these mistakes and all. And, you know, here's the one value statement I'll say. We are not in the bubonic plague, clearly. It is not only the flu. It's more complicated than the flu. But it's not the bubonic plague. Mortality rates are going down, down, down. So we have to live with this now. And we can't stay in a, in, a, in a crouch, a defensive crouch for long. It just doesn't work. It's not a way to function as human beings. We have to measure risks and take risks. If I was a 79-year-old man with asthma, I would be very, very careful. 
but I'm not, I'm not. And, uh, you know, you have to take the, 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 the context, the context and, and make decisions. And that's what I think Newsom is not doing. Of course, Newsom is more offensive in this, in the sense that he's happy to let uh, massive rallies, massive, massive protest rallies take place in the last month or so. And uh, now, uh, you know, instead of condemning them, doing what he should say, you know, I, I condemn that. It shouldn't have happened. You should, we should have stopped it. He's now going to say, you can't go to church or you can't go. I mean, it's just nuts. So it's a disaster. Um, and it's his fault uh, in terms of the decision making, not the disease. Uh, but we'll see what happens. All right. Let me get to what you need to know though, because I don't want to slip off of this. I need to stay focused. Today's wink. What you need to know is very simple. The media, the, the lamestream, the, the fake news, the mainstream media is flailing and failing. Why is it failing? Well, it's failing because they can't seem to figure out how to uh, brainwash us fast enough. They want us all to fall for all of what they're doing. So they're failing at it. You know, they can't, they can't believe that there are still million, tens of millions, 50, 60, 70, 80 million, 100 million, 200 million people that want America to stay the way it's been for these 200 years in terms of our basis, our operating system. We're always getting better, always want to get better, always want to improve. That's the whole founding. Remember, I do this to you all the time, the preamble, uh, uh, we, the preamble of the Constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, get better. They get better. That's what you're doing. We're all getting better. But 250, 300 million people want to live in this country and want to excel in this country because it's the best place on earth. And the media is failing rapidly. Here's another way it's failing. You won't even find this polling on, on normal websites in normal places, or at least mainstream fake news. You have to go and look at the conservatives or at least the honest people. Epic times is good. But in this case, one America news is covering a poll and the poll is about polling different groups, you know, breaking out polls are polls are lies, right? Polls are pollsters are liars, except that they can tell you directions of things. You can't trust their numbers right now. The numbers they say Biden's winning. It's because they're polling. The, they're, they're, they're not counting the right people. They're not talking to the right people They're doing it on purpose. They're liars. They're not actually liars. They'll just tell you whatever you want if you pay enough. And in this case, the media and others want to pay to have uh, Joe Biden be ahead. And they're getting that, they're getting that result. But they can't they can you can look at it to see trends. So in a recent poll that One America News covered, the reality is that covering breaking down Asian American voters in 2016, Asian American voters voted 66 percent with Hillary Clinton. And and in the same election, 2016, they voted even more, 77 percent with down ballot Democrats. So you can say Asian Americans dramatically voted for Democrats last presidential election. OK, and didn't vote for Trump, you know, except for, you know, whatever the number would be, 33 and a half percent. But in the poll that just came out, Asian Americans, 21% Trump, 21% Biden, the rest undecided. Now think about that. Undecided voters. Why would that many undecided voters be undecided? They, 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 you know, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden is no different than Hillary Clinton in the sense that he's probably more likable. And, you know, he's not his policies aren't different. And the reason why is two, two reasons. One, more people are unwilling to say who they want to vote for. They're not going to tell you they're voting for Trump. So they say undecided. That's clear. And two, They've looked up and seen that of the two parties in this country, the two banner, uh, the, the two the two leaders of their parties carrying the banner of their parties, Biden or Trump, one has the possibility of keeping America and getting America to continue to do the things we've done for a couple hundred years, success, entrepreneurship, all these future bright, all this stuff. And the other one is in the tank for the history, for the, for the version of getting rid of history, getting rid of America, Black Lives Matter is the terrorist effort. That's what the vision is. So the media, the, the, the mainstream media, it's failing and flying. It won't cover this stuff. 
Earlier today, a New York Times uh, columnist or maybe a journalist straight up, uh, she writes for the New York Magazine also, nasty writer, mean, wrote some terrible things about conservatives in a in a New York Magazine article, including Mike Cernovich, who's uh, who just lives up in Orange County and is kind of a, a great iconoclastic kind of conservative, interesting man. But she she wrote terrible stuff and tried to get them canceled. She wrote about the, you know, the so-called dark, uh, uh, dark um, intellectual web, the dark web. And she tried to make all these people seem like really terrible people and get them canceled. Well, today she quit the New York Times and she wrote a scathing letter to the publisher of the New York Times saying, I can't work here because you people are not what I expected. You're, you're living in a different world. You're canceling the wrong people. You know, they, they, they fired the editorial page editor and a few others because of things they did. And she said, it's not right. There should be more free speech. First of all, it's the kettle calling the kettle black. You know, it's, it's, this is somebody who's come up and says the same thing she was doing for years. But more importantly, these entities are flailing and failing. Fox News has pushed Tucker Carlson after he fired his writer to take vacation. They're preparing, mark my words, to get rid of Tucker because they know they can't, they, it can't be allowed that such a strong voice rallies we the people. And so they're going to take care of that. That's what's happening. So they're flailing and failing. And what you need to know is that they're going to, they're not going to stop. They're not going to say, oh boy, this isn't really right. No, they're redoubling their efforts to brainwash America. They are forcing America to think about coronavirus pandemic and, and all these different things to be afraid of and all these questions and all, all this raw. And as I've told you before, they want to exhaust us so that we say, let's go back to somebody plain and a little uh, simple, like somebody like Joe Biden. But it won't work. But they're going to redouble their effort. They're not going to quit. They're not going to quit. In fact, earlier today, Joe Biden had a speech, gave a speech in, Del uh, in Delaware, and he's barely coherent. Honestly, if you watch him, he's slurring his speech. He's missing words. I mean, he's still, I tell people, he's still a big league ball player. You know, when you see a famous quarterback, you know, who can't play anymore and, and needed to retire and still plays, it's kind of, it's kind of alarming. And Joe Biden was a U.S. senator and vice president. He's played at the highest levels of politics. You cannot say he's not capable and successful. People that say, oh, this, that, it just doesn't, it doesn't pass the smell test. At that level, you become, especially if you've been there 40 years, you become good at it. And so Joe Biden, he's lost a step, more than a step. And the media doesn't cover any of it. Even Fox News doesn't talk about it. They don't really, they just move on. But so flailing and failing the media, and they're going to redouble on trying to brainwash America. They're going to try to make us crazy. They're going to try to make us fearful. They're going to try to make us unsettled. That's what they're doing. And it's working on a lot of people. And so later on in this program, we'll talk about what you need to do. The window, I call it. I'm pushing for unplug America. Operation Unplug America. You pull yourself back from watching this stuff and reading it. Not just social media. Stop watching the news. Stop watching Fox News even. Just pull yourself away from it because it's too bad for you. All right, that's what you need to know. The media is flailing and failing, but they're going to double down and come for you even more and come for me even more and our neighbors. And we've got something we could do about it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got some great interviews. And don't forget the window at the end of the show. Go to, uh, excuse me, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Follow it all. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Uh, we have our old friend, Dr. Ted Malik, who is an author, businessman, been a professor, and lives, of course, over in London and is a keen observer of, uh, well, world politics as well as American uh, world, the world economy as well as American politics and world of politics, I suppose. So welcome back, Ted. How are you? I'm great. 
How are you, Ed? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I this so this is a perfect timing. You've got a new piece that's coming out later on in the week, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, about Tom Tom Friedman of the New York Times. And I have to say, I laughed out loud a couple times in it because your writing is, I mean, it's just it just eviscer, eviscerates the guy. Um, but before we get to that, I, I I said earlier, Ted, that the media, the the sort of fake news media, is is flailing and failing. You know, they're flailing around trying to prove themselves to each other They're But they're failing in their, you know, they, they were supposed to have been able to take out the president. They were supposed to have been able to take, you know, take out the, the good guys. I, what's your sense? You have a longer perspective on the media and, and how, you know, insane they've become. You know, a, a, am I on to something with that, how they're flailing and failing? Well, I, I think those are words I, I think you could use. I think the journalism is dead doesn't exist anymore. So there are no longer any objective journalists. I mean, everything is, uh, is smear, ideology. There, you know, there, there, there is no objective, factual writing any longer. It's just, it's gone, uh, unfortunately. And you, you see that both in the written press and, you know, in the, in, in the news uh, media, the television press, uh, um, their business model is not working, so they're in very, very deep danger of, of uh, being, you know, cut out altogether. The numbers for companies like MSNBC and CNN are infinitesimally small. Lots of newspapers, of course, are out of business. That's a whole different story. It has to do mostly with advertisement and the coming of the Internet mm-hmm. age. But uh, we are in a very, very different uh, period of how people access and get news and what that news means and who they listen to than the one that we grew up with or the one that preceded us, you know, just 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Ted, Mal- Ted Malik and go to tedmalik.com. You can see his writings as well as his books there. Ted, I, I, that's what I want to transition to. At this point, many of the media maintain that they're still uh, doing journalism when they're doing advocacy. And, you know, that you, you watch them and you say, well, you're, you're no longer reporting, you're advocating. And that become I think that's becoming clearer and clearer to the American people. I think that's one of the services Donald Trump has done, which is he smoked these people out. They probably were just as much an advocate before, but they got smoked out by by their their trump derangement syndrome but your column which is out in a few days about tom friedman and 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 your point here which i think is a good one is the experts that hold themselves out as the deep thinkers you know the new york times editorial page tom friedman he's won two pulitzer prizes for these these you know his essays and his books and things and your point is these are small this these aren't big thinkers at all these aren't good writers at all walk us through the your friedman uh critique well, Tom Friedman has been around for a long time. You know, he's written a number of best-selling books, not that they're original. Uh, and I basically take take him to task. Uh, he has this perch. He can write an article two or three times a week in the New York Times, and the left, you know, reads it, applauds him, and he's sort of a self-anointed uh, prince, as it were. I mean, he obviously thinks he's much more important than he is, in fact. Uh, he's ultra-chic, hyper-liberal, woke, and I mean, the way I see him, I think the way he sees himself is as the arch globalist. He's the world's apologist for globalism. Uh, and he's, uh, I mean, I say so in the article, he's a dithering dilettante, a know-it-all, a literal knee-jerk, self-assured, mindless, bloviating liberal. And, um, <laughs> you know, so we don't hold anything back in this piece. We tell the truth about where he is, where he came from, what he says, um, his very, very thin veneer of expertise 
he's really an expert in nothing except, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically self-congratulating himself. He does like, uh, however, and praises co- constantly the China one-party rule and its communist uh, dictator, who is the real beneficiary of globalism. So he's an apologist. I think that there's also a good bit of uh, hypocrisy. There's always, I mean, it's, it's everywhere in life, but particularly uh, with liberals. His um, He's married to a daughter of a strip mall tycoon, um, you know, millionaires many times over. Uh, and he takes about $75,000 these days for a regurgitated after-dinner speech. And he lives in a 12,000-square-foot mansion, which people say is the biggest house in Bethesda, Maryland. And he sits there in the New York Times, sniping at the rich and everything that is ungreen. Yeah. So, you know, what's uh, new? This, Ted, this shouldn't surprise anyone. T- this is what New York Times reporters do, I guess. Well, he's not a reporter. He's what, an op-ed piece writer. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Do you know? I, I went searching and I didn't see it quickly. Mm-hmm. What does an op-ed uh, a, a, um, writer, what does he make a year? Do they make a fortune? Oh, I think he does because he's been around a long time and has, uh, you know, won certain prizes more than a few. Um, yeah, one <laughs> one of the people on the left who despises him uh, say, says he comes from the Buster Keaton Three Stooges School of Diplomacy, <laughs> and uh, I mean he has he actually has he has no friends whatsoever. Even at the New York Times, they have a whole uh, kind of uh, Twitter page that talks about <laughs> that talks about his blowhard. Uh, behavior. So he's known for what he is, and I think he needs to be taken out. Uh, The interesting thing, of course, about him recently, I mean, he has had a lot of loony ideas. One of the more recent ones was his idea of a national unity government with Mitt Romney as Secretary of State and Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. Of course, nobody's picking up on that idea. But I think there is potentially a career for, uh, for our man, Tom uh, Friedman, he's he's getting older. He's sixty-eight. He could, I conclude, in the end of the speech, become the speechwriter for Joe Biden because, as we know, Biden is a plagiarist. He copies platitudes, and nobody's better for this than you know Friedman himself. So Biden needs both a voice and a right. debate coach. So yeah. uh, you know the debates are coming up. I'd say hire Tom Friedman. Well, of course, and of course, Tom Friedman, though, floated along with Karen Tumulty, the Washington Post floated recently that Biden shouldn't debate. Uh, yeah, Friedman exactly. said Biden shouldn't debate, you know, Trump. It's too much trouble. So you can see the talking points. I, you know, what's interesting is I wonder if a guy like Tom Friedman is almost overstaying his welcome because he may be he may be, uh, uh, you know, th- as you point out, he's starting to get fire from his own side. He hasn't kind of yeah, uh, I don't know whether he's orthodox enough or what. I'm not sure. Well, he's made lots of enemies. He hasn't been right on a single damn thing. He was one of the biggest supporters of the Iraq War. Uh, so, you know, he was in bed with the neocons during that uh, era. But more recently, he, he wrote a number of very supportive, I mean, very odd, supportive uh, pieces on the uh, wonderful liberal changes in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> which uh, really? actually haven't turned out so well either. So, you know, there's very little he's been right on. But... Uh, the left loves him. Yeah, he's on TV yeah. shows. You know, more the idiot shows, more or less nonstop. I think uh, our friend Farid Zakaria on CNN, who I who I call that the plagiarist hour. I think he has him on just about every week. <laughs> 
Well, and your point, your point, and it echoes mine broadly. Is of course your, your piece, which will be up in a few days, and we'll post it. as a, it's witty, it's funny, it's typical Ted Malik. But it, uh, the point here is that it's he's not credible. The other thing I'd say is his influence is waning as the New York Times and others become less serious and let, you know, I don't know if they were ever serious, but they were perceived that way. So you sort of, again, wonder if his, his strongest days have passed, he, he may not be woke enough. He may not be awake enough well, yeah, and, exactly. uh, and it may be uh, fading may not, as they fade, which would probably less enough for the, for the yeah. new readers, the AOC readers of the New York times. He calls himself yeah. a radical centrist. I, I, I don't know any <laughs> center that would, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> would hold him. Yeah, right. The center wouldn't hold him. I don't think. I think you're right. A few years ago, that Obama had sought him out for uh, political advice and for expertise on foreign policy. Um, maybe that's why. Well, I uh, think in the salons, it's a big Obama house. You know, that's a big house to. That's, that's a big house to be able to visit, you know, uh, Friedman's big house. Maybe that's, you know, that, remember when uh, Bush won, he was making the cocktail circuit with some of those folks. I, I suppose that's the swamp, though, is that that that, that uh, what is, um, what do you think of the future story. of The New York Times is? I mean, as much as you say it's failing, uh, the model's failing. They, they've re- they've got more digital subscribers than almost anybody in a way. They fe- they're feeding their own flock, but they're feeding them well. Yeah, no, that that's the case. And the Mexican billionaire, multi-billionaire. Carlos yeah. Slim has invested to bail them out. So, it, you know, it's, right. it, it, is, it, is, it is a story that needs constant telling. And, of course, Trump does them in every day. It's not just fake news. I mean, they're, they're certainly uh, incredible. They're not very credible. And um, right. I, I, there's probably no newspaper in the country that detests Trump more than The New York Times. Yeah. I think that's right. All right, we'll check it out. Thank you, Ted Malik. TedMalik.com, as always, check his stuff out. Appreciate it very much, Ted, and uh, we'll have you on again very soon. Have a great uh, week, and uh, we'll put, again, I'll get that piece up on social media as soon as it posts. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a moment. Welcome back, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, and great to be with you. We have a very, a very timely guest. One of the one of the fun things about doing a radio show and doing these is when you get someone who sends you a note and says, "Hey, you want to speak to this gentleman?" and you look at it, and sometimes it's like, "Well, that's a topic that could be big later, could be big tomorrow, could be." Well, I got an email earlier today. It said there's a gentleman named Steve Malloy who is uh, at Junk Science on uh, Twitter, which is great at Junk Science, and he is a former member of the uh, uh, Trump EPA transition team, which I tell people, if you're on the transition team for a presidential campaign, it means you have too good a job to quit and go work in the government, but you know what you're doing, so you help them get the right people. And he's a founder of JunkScience.com. He tweeted earlier today about Joe Biden's speech, which I'll get to in a moment. But first of all, welcome, uh, Steve Malloy. How are you, sir? Hey, Ed. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And I... Yeah, I know. I know you know your science, and I noticed you're also an attorney. We won't hold that against you. I am too, but we don't. We don't. don't. Thank you. But now, uh, now, listen. You watched the speech today with Joe Biden earlier today, and and one of the, the questions that when we were when I was looking at this is his big promise is that he's going to eliminate CO two emissions from all power plants by 2035. When he said it, I thought like, okay, he's kind of getting like AOC. He's just going to say the biggest, most audacious thing, and people will be thinking, oh wow, he's he's in the direction I like. But walk us through, Steve, what this would mean. Tell what is this? You use the word fantasy. Walk us through what it would mean. Well, yeah, it's just impossible. We cannot make electricity without CO two. Uh, you know, you can have a windmill here, you can have a solar panel there, 
but in the end, all this stuff, you know, the, the grid runs on natural gas, coal, and nuclear. And, you know, if, if anyone had the time to watch Michael Moore's, you know, documentary, which was on YouTube and then taken down, you know, he debunked this whole notion of, you know, green energy like wind and solar. These, these you know, wind and solar are really just natural gas plants, and natural gas is fossil fuel. Uh, these things cannot supply the grid. They're, you know, marginal resources at best, very expensive marginal resources. And the bottom line is that, we, you know, we can't have electricity without fossil fuels. Or, or nuclear, and the Greens don't like nuclear. So, you know, who's going to make all the electricity? What's going to be made? Are we going to use Rumpelstiltskin to make electricity? I mean, the whole vibe is crazy. We, we're talking with uh, Steve Malloy and his website. His website also is junkscience.com, junkscience.com. A lot of resources there. It's worth checking out. And on Twitter, at Junk Science. Uh, okay, Steve, so I noticed in here, too, he, he's uh, one of the things he says, which, well, the whole speech was kind of poorly read. He's just not good enough at this anymore. But he did say he's going to rejoin the Paris Climate uh, Accord. He, he said, he, he was quoted as saying, the planet has only nine years left until the damage is, <laughs> is, 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 damage is reversible. I don't know if that, that yeah. miss miss speaking, but how you know isn't this climate sort of hoax? Isn't even the left? Aren't they sort of back down off of the the the, the planet has only got nine? They've said this for thirty years. The planet's only got ten years left, and it doesn't happen. And and is he is Sleepy Joe out of line here, or is he doing this for the base? What's your thoughts? Well, I, I think he is partly doing it for the base. Uh, you know, they want to be careful about how they talk about this because whenever Democrats start talking climate. People get scared. I don't know if you remember, you know, during the uh, primary campaign, you know, CNN had that climate town hall with all the Democrat candidates, and that was just a disaster for them. I mean, you got people like uh, Kamala Harris talking about how she's going to tell you what kind of trash bag you can have in your kitchen. I mean, they're totally insane. So they have to be very careful about all this. Um, You know, AOC has previously said there's only eight years left before the planet goes boof. You know, Joe Biden said, well, before the damage. I mean, so they have to be very careful about this. You know, right now, Biden is trying to walk this very sort of narrow line. You know, he he doesn't want to say he's going to ban fracking. But, of course, we all know that, you know, the hard left is really going to be in charge of the Biden administration. And they will ban fracking or try to ban fracking, which is going to be a disaster for you know, in those battleground states, and, and really and for the rest of us. I mean, fracking has what has, you know, made OPEC and, and uh, you know, Russia and all those other oil suppliers, we don't really care about them anymore. You know, Iran can block up the streets of Hormuz all at once. Who cares? We have, you know, literally an un- unlimited supply of oil back at home thanks to fracking. You know, uh, again, we're talking with Steve Malloy and his website, which is really useful, junkscience.com. I just was looking at a post from a week or so ago from you, Steve, that uh, and people have to understand, especially with this president, um, who he says he'll put around him is who will run things because he's clearly he's not he's of the swamp anyway, but he's clearly not. So Biden announced, I see it on your website, hadn't seen this, that he's he's picked Carol Browner to be the uh, to be his advisor on climate, which she was the EPA uh, under Clinton and and did a bunch of the Obama stuff. She was like, I think some sort of czar. And she she really is, I mean, on the uh, edge here. I mean, she's she you point out in your post, she had a p- position at the socialist Internet a socialist. Right. 
Yeah, she was the commissioner for sustainability at Socialist International. I mean, she's not on the edge, she's over it. You know, she <laughs> uh, led the Clinton EPA for eight years, destroying a, lo- a lot of our economy. And then she was the uh, energy and environment czar under Obama, and she masterminded, you know, if you can use that word, the war on coal, which resulted in the destruction of 95% of the market value of the coal industry, as well as 50,000 high-paying coal mining jobs, plus, you know, hundreds of thousands of other support industry jobs. I mean, these people are dangerous. They're going to be a disaster. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I mean, Biden can't win. We're going to be finished. We're, we're we're talking with Steve Moy, and and his again his website is uh, is junkscience dot com. Really useful, uh, Steve. I noticed on your Twitter feed, which is at junk science, you 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 know you you're debunking all the fake science. You're poking holes in it, but at one point you wrote, "Look, there's a choice here. It's it's you know communism or it's it's America, right?" And I you, to talk a little more broadly about what you see. You know, you got the policy implications. You've got the but what yeah. do you see as the as the you know stakes in November? Okay, well, so uh, climate, you know, since the beginning, 30 years ago, has always been thought of as a way for to have, you know, one world government and and, uh, one world control of the economy through the U.N. Um, You know, we used to talk about 10 years ago, Obamacare was, you know, government control of 16 percent of the economy. Well, the other 84 percent is climate. And so what the Biden administration brings, and the Green New Deal and AOC and Carol Brown and all these people, they want the government to control the economy through climate regulations. You know, they want to tell you uh, where electricity can come from, what kind of car you can drive, where you can live, how many kids you can eat, what kind of food you can have, uh, what our cities look like. I mean, they just want to control every aspect of our lives. And they can do that through climate. And and that's what they intend to do. So, you know, this this sort of government control is totalitarianism, communism. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, but but that's what it is. It's government. It's not about controlling climate. It's about controlling us. Yeah. And I think it couldn't be clearer when you look at uh, these things. You know, I, one of the things I always tell people it catches their eye, the Paris Climate Accord. If we went back into that, we spent more money to comply with that. And China spent massively less and they're not slowing down they're not saying there's nobody in china who's using their bully pulpit to try to get the chinese communists to stop burning coal same thing in india right i mean this is not even close again i'm not arguing for uh, anybody doing more uh uh, um you know uh, of the uh, pollution there's ways we can limit it i'm saying don't pretend that the paris climate accord is going to be good for america it's going to be terrible for america well, in fact, no one who has signed the Paris Climate Accord has reduced their emissions. They've all gone up. Okay, coal burning <laughs> right. is at a, is at a record level now, and is going higher. You know, I call it, it's not the Paris Climate Accord; it's the Paris Climate Hoax because that's what it is. Right. People have you know, countries have signed this agreement. Uh, no one's living up to it yet. They want because because the whole goal of the Paris Climate Accord was not to get China or Europe to reduce emissions. The whole goal was to ensnare the U.S in some emission, you know, economy-hurting emissions reduction scheme. Because in the U.S., you know, lawyers become here, they can sue the government, they can sue companies, they can enforce all this stuff. In Europe and Asia, nobody cares. Okay, they just want to cripple the United States. You know, we are the economic engine, uh, you know, unsurpassed in the world, and they want to cripple us. We're talking with Steve Malloy, and again, fake, uh, excuse me, his uh, Twitter handle is uh, at JunkScience and JunkScience.com. Uh, Steve, when you, let me ask you one more thing about your time. You were an EPA transition person. I, I'm, not, I'm not teasing when I say this. Um, EPA, 
how bad are the bureaucrats, though? Like, I know it's true that the president has gotten control and he's got his leaders, but yeah. these bureaucrats, in my experience, they're there. They're lifers. They're going to outlast everybody else. And frankly, four years isn't enough to get rid of enough of them. Yeah. That's how I feel. What's the reality? Well, so, no, you're absolutely right. Over the last uh, three and a half years, I mean, we've had to really battle. I mean, President Trump, uh, the one thing you can say is he has gotten a grip on EPA regulations. I mean, our economy is booming. We are energy dominant because President Trump, Trump has shut down the regulation machine at EPA. Now, we need more time to actually reform EPA and get rid of some of these bureaucrats because you're absolutely right. You know, there's a handful of Trump uh, appointees at EPA, but, you know, 10,000 deep state lefty swamp employees, and they do their best, and they have sabotaged regulatory reform. So we're going to need another four years and more time after that to just phase these people out. Unfortunately, this you know it's very difficult with the civil service rules. Yeah, it's uh, that's right. It's uh, that's that's the reason uh, it's not it's you know, there's lots of reasons that we don't want to switch uh, directions now. Lots and lots. But one of them is the drain the swamp was never going to be possible in yeah. in four years. It's probably not possible in eight. It's got to be ongoing. But all right. Steve right. Malloy, thanks very much. Fake us. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, false science. Not dot com. Appreciate it uh, very much. And we'll have you yeah, back on sorry, again. Sorry, Keep sorry, us sorry. on a short email list. I appreciate your update on the Biden speech today. Yep. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and check everything out. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report, back in a minute. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. If there's one thing you can count on from bureaucrats, it's that they'll seize any opportunity to excuse their own underperformance. The education elites are no different. I predict that a decade from now, so-called education experts will still be blaming COVID-19 for dismal test scores. Before they even get the chance to start lobbing excuses, let's remember just how bad American public schools were before the virus ever came onto the scene. The premier measure of the state of our schools is something called the nation's report card. It's the biggest nationwide test in the core subjects. According to this test, fourth graders were more likely to believe we fought Hitler and the Germans in the Civil War than in World War II. On top of this, only 21% of students could identify the Soviet Union as the leading communist nation during the Cold War. Students literally could have done better if they'd picked randomly. It's clear to see our nation's public schools weren't in great shape before COVID-19, but that won't change how educators will blame the disruption caused by the virus for their future failures. Parents are left with a very big choice to make. Either you can leave your children in the public schools and try to supplement their education as best you can, or you can pursue a different option like private schooling or homeschooling. Private schools aren't always accessible to all families, and homeschooling can be intimidating before you've tried it. So I'm not saying that there's one right answer for every situation. Every parent has to make the choice for themselves. However, I will say that parents should not base their choice only on the propaganda put out by the government-funded education establishment. Millions of children don't attend the public schools every year. Online resources make homeschooling more accessible than ever before. The opportunities out there for parents and families, they're endless. 
As you consider what to do with your children this coming fall, do your own research and make your own choices. Ultimately, it's up to you to raise your children. Treat that responsibility with pride and with reverence. You'll be glad you did. Parents and grandparents, jumpstart the education of that child you love so much with a proven phonics course. With TurboReader, anyone at any age can learn to read. For free information on Phyllis Schlafly's TurboReader, call toll-free 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Open the door to a lifetime of reading and self-motivation. Call 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here the Pro-America Report. You heard it earlier. You know the drill. It's time. I've changed things up a little bit. We start the show with what you need to know, and then we finish with what you need to do. And I want to encourage you, if you want to be in touch, you can always be in touch with me. That's something to do. I've got all the avenues you can touch with me. Right now, you could text me. Some of our listeners love to text me. I always know when it comes in from a San Diego number, if I get a text, it's coming from a listener. You can text me. It's a dedicated line right to my phone. I'm holding it in my hand right now. 314-256-1776. 314-256-1776. You can go to ProAmericaReport.com. It'll kick through. You can put in there and email me. That kicks to an email address, ed at edmartinlive.com, ed at edmartinlive.com. If you want to email you sign up for the email the wink right there proamericareport.com and then you can also go to uh, social media facebook live uh it's uh, ed martin live i'm um, excuse me facebook it's ed martin live uh twitter at eagle ed martin at eagle ed martin on twitter parlor at ed martin uh all those places send me your, your thoughts comments whatever you need to do get in touch appreciate that we'll always talk about that during the what you need to do also because you need to do that be in touch uh help me understand what's going on what i'm missing and uh, we'll talk about your uh emails and texts on the on the air sometimes so but today I mentioned earlier, today what you need to know is the media is flailing and failing. We did talk to a few moments ago with Ted Malik about how the New York Times op-ed writers have lost their mind, the ones that are still employed. Uh, one of them quit. She quit today because she said the New York Times is not even fair to her, and she's a left-leaning ideologue, like a canceller herself. She went after all sorts of people. So the media is failing. They're going after Tucker. They're, they're trying to destroy everything. They can't, as Ted Malik said earlier, they can't tell the truth anymore. They don't even bother. And my point to you is they're doubling down on making us crazy. They're doubling down on making we the people unhealthy. That's what's happening. You see it every day. You don't have to go and look at Google and YouTube to see it. You can do it, though, if you want. Look at YouTube and, excuse me, look at Google search, Yahoo search. Then go to, to DuckDuckGo where it's, they're not skewing the algorithm. See the difference. Go and look at Amazon, what they're doing to the book, the new book out from Regnery Publishing. The book is by Abigail Schreier. It's called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Literally, Amazon is not letting her book be published, uh, be, be promoted, and they're actually using her title to promote transgender books, pro-transgender books. So that's what's at stake. The media is flailing and failing, but they're doubling down. They know what they're doing. They have the technology, the money to, to mess with our brains and our minds and our hearts and our lives. So what you need to do, and I previewed this earlier, and I talked about this on Periscope. If you follow me on, on Twitter, you can watch my Periscope. You need to unplug. You need, I call it Operation Unplug America. 
I used to watch morning TV to see what Morning Joe and, and Mika Brzezinski, what craziness they'd say. I used to watch Sunday talk shows, you know, the Meet the Press and all. You have to unplug. I've unplugged from all that. When you get home in the evening, if you're going to work or if you're at working from home or you're whatever you're doing, at a certain point in the evening, unplug. You've got to have as many hours unplugged in a day as you're plugged in because otherwise they're getting their, their, their roots, they're getting their hooks into you. So unplug. Don't worry right now. What you need to do, don't worry about other people on this one. Unplug yourself from the emails, from the social media, from the television, from the radio. Listen to my radio show and, and, this, and the answer is San Diego. Listen to that because that's the place to go for real value. But, but pull yourself back from constant interaction with the media in all forms. And this includes, by the way, Fox News and everybody else. Because they're all flailing and failing and their business model is make you crazy so you'll come back. Make you worried so you're searching for something. Make you upset so you want to find, pardon me, someone to help you understand. All those things, pardon me, all those things are what they're doing to try to make us nuts. And they're doubling down. They're doubling down. So what you need to do is unplug. It's hard at first. It's not easy at all, actually. It's not just at first. I, I have to, but you have to do it. You got to pull back and get away from it and break. It's almost like a spell. I tell my kids, you know, the kid, my kids are 16 down to eight years old. And in between the boy, boys are 13 and 11. And I tell them all the time, you know, the magic spell, all these things that we talk about them. There's, there's ways that things are in our lives that kind of are, are overarching above us. And one of them is the, the presence of the media is like a, a spell and they're sucking us in. They're pulling us in. It's, it's really worrying. It's really, so what you need to do is unplug, unplug, take the time. And when you unplug, you'll make more space. You'll still be, you'll be more effective at the things you're doing. You won't let yourself go crazy on the things that aren't worth doing, aren't worth knowing, aren't worth worrying about. So that's it. That's what you need to do. All right. Thank you as always to Randy filling in for Noah, our tech, great technical director. He's supposed to be back tomorrow. We're hoping that'll be so Joanna for helping us book things and book our guests are great guests. And thank you for listening. Tune in as always uh, and be back. It's Ed Martin. We'll be back tomorrow night. Pro America Report. Talk to you. Next.